Welcome to Cover 6 Flex, guys. It's good to be back. It has been a while, a few weeks at least, and obviously I've just, I've been really, really busy working a lot, and just, just a lot going on. Um, still trying to find a place to stay. Uh, been basically in a hotel for a good four months, five months. I've lost count. <laughs> And COVID is a big reason why, because places are just not opening, you know, and, or I should say not becoming available. That's the right term for it. And then obviously there's, you know, you're, you have a budget. So, um, it's been, it's been such a busy, not just few weeks, but, but few months here. Um, you know, got a place I'm looking at today. So hopefully, uh, you know, can get moving with that. Got another one tomorrow. Um, so, you know, things are, are moving along a little bit, but, uh, because of finances, there is sort of a time crunch. Uh, definitely need to find a place this week. So here's hoping I do that. Um, but I wanted to get back on here, guys. I mean, it's been a few weeks, obviously. Um, I guess I'll start with, uh, the NBA, you know, obviously now in the Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets and the Lakers, the Lakers are up two games to none. I do think that ultimately it's more likely they're going to win the championship now, obviously, because I thought the Clippers were the best team. And, you know, teams really or, or social media really eats up teams that blow 3-1 leads. And it just it's it's amazing to me. But the Clippers are one of those teams that, you know, they're fighting history, too. So it's not like you know, they are just a regular franchise that, you know, they have a lot of bad years behind them. And it's not even me making excuses for them. Just saying, um, it's certainly a factor. Uh, but felt like maybe they gave up in game seven. Never thought I'd say that with a Kawhi Leonard led team, but Hey, at the end of the day, give the nuggets credit. You know, they came out and made sure that game one was a distant memory. And, you know, consistently coming back down 15 that that has to be two things that has to be a coaching uh error because in three games 15 point lead in all three games and and you lose all three games that that's a problem um but it also has to be a, a you know mental toughness thing because it just doesn't seem like if you're going to blow that lead three different times you're not mentally tough enough to hold up and they had their flaws and whatever they were, they were still the most talented team probably. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're at home and the Nuggets aren't. And uh, I don't think they can beat the Lakers. I, I don't. Um, I just don't think they have enough, uh, to be honest with you. So uh, I think the Lakers will probably wind up winning it and uh, easier road, so to speak, because no Milwaukee, no Toronto. Toronto, uh, you know, also lost two. And, you know, that was just a, a knockdown drag out series that, you know, it went seven games and, and, and yeah, they never gave up. But, you know, uh, give give Boston credit, you know. Uh, now Boston seems to be a little more revitalized with Gordon Hayward coming back. And, 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 you know, he was decent in game three, but he just gave them what they needed. That's all. He just gave them another option, another another guy who can facilitate, another guy who can create his own shot, another guy who can score, another guy who can switch one through four, one through five. So, you know, give him 
give him credit for, for coming back and, and, and looking healthy. And now it's a different series, you know. Um, ultimately, I don't necessarily think either team can beat them, but I will say that I might, I might, I, when I thought about this before, I think the one thing about each team, the Celtics and Heat, when it comes to the Lakers, uh, I'm, you know, obviously I thought the Clippers win, they didn't, so I think the Lakers will win, but that doesn't mean they will, but let's just say it's the Lakers in the West. Um, I think when it comes to them, Miami has the better coach. You know, Exposure obviously has shown a lot and done a lot, but I think that Boston probably has the better player in terms of Jason Tatum between, you know, those two squads. I mean, I Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that Tatum's better than him and this is his third year and all that stuff. But I will say in terms of the Lakers, they would have a, a much bigger problem with Tatum than Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler height-wise is just not that big. He's 6'6". You can put a bevy of defenders on him. It doesn't mean he can't score. It, would be, it just would be harder for him. The Lakers, I think, match up better with Miami in, in that instance if you say, well, your first goal is to take away their best player. But when it comes to the Celtics, the Celtics, they're small, but they do enough in terms of rebounds, in terms of, of shooting. And they have dangerous isolation players. They're much more dangerous to match up with. Like, for instance... Danny Green would guard uh, probably Jalen Brown more than likely, I would think, in the series. Uh, maybe they would put him on Jason Tatum. I don't know. Maybe they double Jason Tatum all the time. I don't know. But whoever he guards, it's still going to be a mismatch everywhere else, whether it's Tatum or Brown or Hayward. That's what makes Hayward so difficult. And then add on to the fact that Kimba, you know, is he going to be consistent? Because if he is, then Boston's a real threat to win it all, you know. Um, he makes it difficult, too. I mean, yeah, you say, okay, maybe they could put Caruso on him. You know, maybe they can put LeBron on him at times. But at the end of the day, to me, this is the thing to me. If you're going to beat the Lakers, you have to make LeBron defend, and you have to make him make jump shots. And the team, to me, that's more equipped to do that is probably Miami. But the problem with Miami is they're small. You know, they're they're... Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they're shooters, but they're not really defenders. Now, are they solid? Yeah, but you better believe LeBron and Hunter switch all day long with all of them rather than Jimmy Butler, okay, and isolate and all that stuff. So, to me, um, it's a fascinating matchup either way, um, but I still feel at the end of the day, they don't, neither team has an, a, a, a guy that they can say, okay, we think he can do that. Now, again, like I said, the coaching matters. Um, and fans kill me because on social media, every time a team loses a game, it's the coach's fault. Every time a team wins a game, it's the players. You know, oh, Tatum's unstoppable. We had 40 points, they won. Tatum comes out, gets 25, 28, and they, oh, the coaching was horrible. Well, with these substitutions, it just amazes me. I mean, this is this is the world we live in. Everybody is a keyboard warrior. Everybody thinks they know everything. So I have basically resigned myself to the fact that I'm not going to be on Twitter very much. I just, I've stopped that the last three, four days. To me, it's kind of a cesspool. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's just, 
people who hide behind their avatars, hide who they are. They they know absolutely nothing about the game, <laughs> like any of the games, you know. Some people, yeah, they're knowledgeable out there. And then, of course, you have everybody gets offended at certain things. Like Doug Godley comes out, asks a question, and the woman gets offended because this is the society we live in now. When he actually asked a legitimate question, why does she have a all NBA vote when she's been working for a year? That's a that's a qualifications question. It's not, oh, it's because she's a woman. <laughs> but that's the world we live in, you know. There's an article that I was reading the other day about a, a female who's 18. She's dating a 13-year-old. And if there's nothing being done. Nothing. And the authorities haven't done anything, haven't brought her in for questioning. But if the roles were reversed, would we be up in arms, wouldn't we? Amber alert, right? I mean... <laughs> You know, and I just think that this is this is the world we live in now. Like you can't you can't say anything wrong, especially to females. And everybody's a keyboard warrior. Everybody is a social justice activist. Everybody is, you know, trying to 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 improve everybody's life. And then the politics don't even get me started on that. Okay. Like that's it's just ridiculous. You know, when half your timeline is flooded with Joe Biden said this, Donald Trump said that. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like and that's I, I I, that's why I'm not on. That's why I'm not on. I get on there now and I just use information. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I enjoy the people I interact with in terms of them being fans of 49ers and all that. But even that has its challenges. It really does. Like people overreact for wins and losses (laughs) for everything. You know, we lost week one and and the sky was falling. You know, you think all these people went out and killed themselves. Some of their reactions. Oh, we, I knew we weren't that good. And I, and it's just, you just, I just, I can't, (laughs) you know, nobody has the long view anymore. Everybody wants validation and, and, and everything they want now. So yeah, Twitter, Facebook, none of it. You know, I just, like I said, I'll use Twitter for basically information, but that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be on there very much. Um, I will occasionally tweet out some things, but for, for now, um, it is literally just, another source of information for me and that's it you know I don't I don't need it I've literally resigned my mind to that fact so you know when I tell you guys where you can find me yeah you can find me on Twitter and if you if you tweet at me or you know add me or whatever it is I will definitely respond but you know I'm just not going to be on there like I was I was on Twitter probably well I work full-time so I probably say I was on there at least four or five hours a day you know so that time will now be used for something else, assuming that I can find the place to stay. But anyway, let's, let's get back to the sports. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, the Lakers, to me, they're the clear favorite between the four teams. So, uh, we'll see how that plays out uh, in hockey. You know, I, I told you guys, I picked Tampa Bay. Uh, they won obviously, uh, Vegas wound up falling to, to Dallas. And, and, and that was a little bit of a surprise. I think, I did think, you know, obviously, if you go back, you listen to my podcast way back, I really, I thought that the top four teams were the top four teams. I mean, I really thought that the Avalanche, uh, when we're talking about the Eastern Conference teams, or I'm sorry, the Western Conference teams, the Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, the Dallas Stars, and the Calgary Flames, I really did think that they were the best. I'm sorry, Philadelphia Flyers. How did I get the Calgary Flames in there? <laughs> I don't know how I messed that up. But um yeah, I thought they were the best four teams and they wound up being, you know, the the final four teams and for me, I just thought that 
Vegas, I I always, I, I'm not going to say I always, but I just don't think you can necessarily win now with, with two goaltenders. Now, I think, you know, Blues obviously did it last year, you know, and in this setup, it probably helps to have two goaltenders. But I do think that in terms of, you know, this is this is a really good matchup in terms of both teams. You know, I thought Vegas would have been good, too, against Tampa Bay. You know, you would have had two really, really deep teams. But here you have Dallas, who um, have made a cup final since the, the, the early 90s or the late 90s. I'm sorry. And it's a it's an intriguing matchup because Dallas came out in that first game and they wrecked Tampa Bay. And then Tampa Bay responded um, with a with a, a game that was closer than it should have been. Three nothing in the first period. They wound up holding on three two. But um Give them credit. I still think, like I said, I think Tampa Bay is going to win the whole thing. Um, and then Stamkos may return. I, I don't think that impacts it either way. I really don't. I don't think that. I think when you've played four rounds, if you count the first round, without what some would say is their best player, I don't know that that's true. I, I If you say it, I mean, it's not completely wrong, obviously, but, you know. Is he the best player? Is he not? You know, he's one or two or three or whatever you want to call it. But when you've played 20-plus games in the playoffs without your best player, first of all, that means you're winning because you can't play 20 games without, you know, advancing in each round. Um, and actually, the Lightning played less than 20 games because the, the first round, they went five games, right, with Columbus. Yes, five games, then five games with the Bruins. Then they went five games against well it it escapes me who they played before this I for some reason cannot think of it but this team has been on fire I mean from the jump from the start they've been on a mission and this is this is what I thought would happen uh, adding guys like Bogosian um and Shattenkirk you know it 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 changed their team and I mean, you got the best defenseman at Hedman. I mean, they've they've got like they're just loaded. They're just loaded, and they're primed to win for years to come. But let's get the first one because this team should have been won the Stanley Cup, four Eastern Conference Finals in six years. You know, this is they should have won. They should have won by now. And you know, I if Dallas won, would it shock me? Yeah, a little bit. It actually would. I mean, I know that they've got guys like I said, Pavelski. I I hope that. You know, I don't want him to win, but then I want him to win at the same time. You know, I think he deserves a cup. Uh, the longtime San Jose Shark um, guys like Ben and and Niskanen, and I mean they're deep too. I mean they have guys too. Um, but we're gonna see. To me, it's gonna come down to goaltending, and I think I just trust uh, Vasilevsky a lot more. But I mean that's why they play, right? I mean you know the two games were polar opposites of each other. You know, so we're gonna see. Uh, but now let's move on to. The NFL and the NFL, you know, last night, I guess I'll take that first. Um, you had the Raiders beat the Saints. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I haven't watched any of it, I didn't watch the highlights or anything because, like I said, I've been busy, been going to sleep and working and all that. But, um, a little bit of a stunner. They say Drew Brees look old, maybe that's true, maybe it's not, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know, big win for the Raiders. I mean, give them credit. You know, uh, this team, I think what the Raiders are doing is they're showing that they are not that what they're capable of. You know, the last couple of years, they've had a couple upsets here. Last year, beating the Bears in London and 
you know, you beat the Saints this year. And, and I mean, they, they've got, you know, some tools and pieces that they're building. Well, it looks like the offense is better. Uh, and, and that's John Gruden's forte, right? I mean, he's got to be the offensive guy. So give them credit. Uh, the Saints, what can you say? I mean, if Drew Brees isn't Drew Brees, they're not a threat. So, you know, that that's really the whole story with them. You know, now they were missing uh, Michael Thomas. But I always say in this league and I, I will always say this, you know, I don't want to hear excuses for people who say, um, well, they didn't have this guy. They didn't have that guy. But you say that he's a top three quarterback. So if he's a top three quarterback, it shouldn't matter who's in there. Right. You know, I'm not going to pay you 50 million because of your supporting cast. I'm paying you 50 million because you're the one delivering the football. You're the one being accurate. You're the one making adjustments on the fly. You're the one going through your progressions. You're the one leading game and winning drives. You're the one who gets all the credit when we win. And some of the, depending on who it is in the media, loss, some of the blame when we lose. So it's on him. And if he looks old, then that's father time. And I don't feel sorry for him. And that's not, you know, you guys know me. I'm not biased. You know, I, I feel that way about anybody. I don't care who it is. Because if you're going to hype these guys and you're going to talk about these guys and you're going to say that, oh, he's a lead and he's one of the best, then I expect you every week to perform at that standard. And the fact that they didn't last night against a pretty weak Raiders secondary, if I'm not mistaken, like, then it, it just, maybe it's not going to be a great season after all for Saints fans. Uh, the Ravens, I'm sorry, the, that's weird. Okay. I'm sorry. The Seahawks and Patriots played a, a barn burner, you know, 35, 30. I thought that Russell Wilson, they seem to let him open it up a little more this year. And they're, they're kind of going past first now run second and it's opened up their offense. And I think they need to, because, the Seahawks don't have a great pass rush. Then Bruce Irvin looks like he tore his ACL. So it just took another hit. And that's kind of the problem with when you don't have a pass rush is that the team can get back in the game anytime. Now, the Patriots were leading this game for the most part. And it really came down to the final play with Cam, which, by the way, the play call, I know people jump all over it. I personally would have called an option pass where Cam can do everything. He can pass. He can run. He can hand it off. So I don't like the call at the end, but I'm not going to blame you when you got us down to in the last play of the game and Cam had already had two or three rushing touchdowns anyway. So I'm not going to jump all over them for that. A little bit of a tough loss, but you can tell now. This is two very good teams. Um, they'll be back. Obviously, I think I trust the Patriots more because they have Belichick, but it's not like Carroll's a slouch either, you know. So NFC West might be wide open here with the 49ers and their injuries. And speaking of which, obviously they had a ton I'm not about to blame the turf like all of my other 49er companions. And here's the reason why. I'm not saying that the turf was not an issue. What I am saying, though, is that this was my one fear. And even if you heard all of me and Dustin's podcast, which, by the way, it's just me now, and we'll get to that later. But if you heard any of our podcasts the last few months, I kept saying injuries is the only thing that can stop us. And well, here we are. Right. Um, and it's it's such a problem because Bosa was our best pass rusher. There's no question. Now, we went out, we signed some guys. We're probably going to sign some more guys, but it's not the same. OK, you don't have to double team Clay Matthews. You don't have to double team Ziggy Ansah. OK, Sherman's on IR. Right. 
this team is about to be one of those teams that offensively they're going to have to win games against, especially against the better teams in this league. But injuries, I was worried about this, and I'm going to tell you why. When you play all the way into February, and then COVID hit where you don't have mini camp, you don't have training camp, you are much more likely to suffer injuries. And that's why nobody repeats anymore. It doesn't have anything to do with necessarily Super Bowl hangover. That's just an excuse people use. But I bet if you went back and looked at guys and Super Bowl champions and or I'm sorry, uh, Super Bowl runner ups and even Super Bowl champions, injuries are the thing that usually get you because it's hard to play that much football, highly competitive, highly stressful on your body. And you turn around right back four months later and you do it again and you say, well, okay, so why is it in January? Um, I can lose in January, but if I lose in February, well, it makes a bigger difference because it's still a month extra football. You know, that month where you lost in the wild card game, that's an extra month you're resting your body. All of a sudden now, instead of getting back to mini camp uh, in, in, in March and April, you know, you're literally back three weeks later if you played in the Super Bowl. That's huge. That's huge. That makes a huge difference on your body. And no, please don't think I'm making excuses for the 49ers because I'm not. This is the road that is traveled. This is why it's hard to get back to Super Bowl. This is why it's hard to repeat. Now, I do think that Shanahan offensively, as long as Garoppolo is playing, which he won't this Sunday, I believe. I'm not sure. I, I hope they don't risk it. You know, Whatever I think about the turf, the reality is over 10 guys got hurt in that game on both teams. That's a lot, and it's too many. So you need to get out of there with most of your guys next week while trying to get a W. With that said, he's going to have to win this game with his offense. They may turn into the 2017 or 16 Falcons. That's fine with me. And it's fine with me, not because, you know, I want him to win that way, but because of the situation that you had. This is the situation you have now. You don't have that same front four. You now have a revised, refurbished version of that front four and that depth. And so now everybody's got to step up. Offensively, I don't worry about them as much. Even in week one, I wasn't worried about them when everybody was complaining. Oh, Garoppolo's going through his reads too fast. Listen. When you go back to throw as a quarterback, now I'm not a quarterback and I've never been one, but even in the little time that I played any kind of competitive football, when you go back to throw, there's a time clock in your head most of the time, okay? And when you are getting hit early and often like he was, that time clock speeds up. And when you get pressure up the middle, it speeds up even more. Ask all the pocket quarterbacks, all right? Now people say, oh, well, you know, these other guys, yeah, these other guys are runners. Garoppolo's not a runner. So it makes a big difference. So yeah, did he go through progressive through guys? Yeah, did he? Did he? Did he stare down receiver? You can't. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, he stared stared down a receiver, and then he went through his progression too fast. Which is it? Like he's trying to make the best decision based on the situation and based on what he knows about his offensive line as possible. If that means he stared down a couple guys too much or he went through his progressions too fast, so be it. But let's stop acting like we're all keyboard warriors, like I said, and say, oh, he should have done this. He should have done that. That's an NFL quarterback. You're not. So stop. All right. <laughs> like, stop. So Niners, we'll see. They got the Giants and then their schedule. Uh, it's a little bit lighter before they wind up facing a, a really tough test later on. But this is what was the fear. You know, you don't want to turn into everybody else. Everybody else's offensive team can only win one way. That's essentially what the 49ers might wind up being now. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but 
On to other teams, the Cardinals get an impressive win against Washington. Uh, Washington really had wrecked uh, the Eagles last week with eight sacks. I, I just think Kyler Murray, give him credit, but I do think that some of it is he's difficult to stop him. Some of it is just the, the flags and the penalties. Like, you're so afraid to hit the guy. And, yeah, he's elusive and all that. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a good quarterback in this league. I would never, you know, say I think that he is. But there's also the other side of that coin that he – Okay. There's also the other side of that coin that he uh, will not be able to uh, – I, I think that defenses all of a sudden – are suffering a little bit in terms of not all they're not all the way there yet but we'll see give them credit Hopkins you know they have a good offensive team defense is a little bit improved so they're going to be like I said I think the NFC West might be wide open now it, it, it really may be you know um Washington they don't have a quarterback yeah I thought that last week you know and everybody knocks like i say they knock these teams based on play calls and stuff when you know what you have in the building ron rivera knows what he has so he can't quote unquote open up the offense all right they don't have quarterback so when you don't have quarterback you need your defense to win games every week and that's where washington basically finds itself the colts uh, blew out the vikings kirk cousins played a, a miserable game miserable um there really isn't much more to it than that uh sucks for me because marlon mack uh, tore his Achilles. So, yeah, he's done. Um, the Bills were very impressive. I, Josh Allen took a huge step forward, guys. I, I thought that he would. I've been saying it all offseason long, right, that I thought he would take a step forward, and he looks so impressive. I know the Dolphins' defense is not – you know, the 85 Bears, but they do have good corners, and he was lighting them up. Some of the throws, some of the touch throws he was making, I mean, I was so impressed with Josh Allen. I really was. I mean, even he kind of defied my own expectations of him. That's how good he was, you know. Um, he was very impressive. The Bills got a big-time win on the road, even though they gave up 28. I mean, those are the kind of games – that you ask your quarterback to win. Like when you say, okay, we're a defensive team, but we gave up 28 points. Well, that's usually too much. And he showed, hey, I can win now. I can win. You know, last year he couldn't. You know, they got in a shootout, he couldn't win that game. But now it seems like they got weapons around him with digs, really dictating coverage, really being a true number one. And now they can win those kind of games. That's huge because I still think at the end of the day they're better than New England. But we'll see. I mean, it's a long season, guys. It's a long season. Ryan Tannehill, another one of my favorites. Um, just great performance. I mean, these guys, these quarterbacks that everybody was saying are not that good. They're coming out here early in the season. They're showing something here. You know, he made a couple of dime throws. And I, one of the things that I like so much about Tennessee is they know who they are. And... You as a defense have to decide, okay, we're going to put eight in the box because we put eight in the box. Yeah, it's going to stop Henry, but it opens up that play-action game. And what they're doing now, last week what you saw was the Titans were just like, you know what, we know we can throw on them. We're going to throw on them. We're going to use play-action. We're going to throw on them. We're going to do everything, you know. And I, I love that because Tannehill, I do believe, is capable of being a top 
10 quarterback in this league. I do believe that. And so far, guys like him and Josh Allen, they're showing that to be the case. Steelers uh, got a, a, a win against the Broncos, put them at 2-0. When you look at Ben Roethlisberger, he's, he's starting to kind of inch his way back. You know, I that first week looked like Russ, second week looks a, l- a little bit better. And maybe by full-fledged season, you know, he's going to be back to his old self. I, I use the quote-unquote because, you know, you never can go back a year. But, um, you know, give him credit, you know. But as long as he's himself, they have a good defense, they're going to be in every single game. And if he's a threat, if he's his old self, man, they're going to be they're going to be threats to win a division. That's what we talked about. Cowboys and Falcons, biggest collapse. You know, Falcons just like blowing these leads, I guess. I don't know. But I looked up and was like, okay, this game's over. And it was not. And give give the Cowboys credit. And I don't know about the whole onside kick thing where all the guys were literally dancing around it. It it didn't make any sense to me because I can legally block you on an onside kick without the ball going 10 yards. So at the very least, shouldn't the Falcons have been doing that instead of waiting for the ball to it, it was this, I've never seen anything like it. That was a lack of awareness on their part, but it never should have came down to that. You know, this is what we talk about with Dak Prescott. He's the king of garbage time yards. And this is one of those times that paid off for him, <laughs> you know? So give, give the Cowboys credit. They got a W wasn't pretty, but in my opinion, they're still not, that's that, that division is still going to come down the last day of the season. Like it always does. There's no clear-cut favorite. Washington's got a good defense, but no quarterback. Uh, Carson Wentz looks like, well, he looks bad right now. (laughs) And their defense doesn't look that great either. Then you have the Cowboys who don't have a quarterback and don't have a defense. You know, they've got weapons on offense, but they can't stop anybody. Then you've got uh, the Giants who right now they don't have anything. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I believe in Daniel Jones. I think he's going to I think he's going to be better as the season goes on, but right now he's not very good and nobody is on the Giants. So that's a division where nobody wants it and you know, there's no clear favorite. So, you know, last week of season as per usual. Uh Packers Lions, you know, Lions you know, blew that lead last week and then they yeah, you know, go into Lambo and do what they normally do, which is lose. Um, Aaron Rodgers is is looking pretty good this year. You know, uh, still a still a top ten quarterback. You know, still still in that range. Um, they're a good team, uh, but you know, season goes on. We're gonna see. It looks like it's gonna be them and the Bears. That's what it looks like it's gonna be right now. But it's early. You know, you can't you can't rule out anything. You can't you can't make predictions early on. But you know, that's what it looks like. Chargers, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs dodge a bullet. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an amazing thing how the Chargers and 49ers put together these ways to stop Mahomes and nobody else can do it. And nobody else can do it mostly because they don't have a pass rush. That's really the main reason. Like Texans don't have a pass rush, right? So you have to be able to hit Mahomes and you have to be able to make him go through his progressions. And... It seems like nobody else can do that. I thought the Chargers blew this game. Justin Herbert, to me, blew the game. I know it's his first start, but you do not throw across your body in the NFL. You don't You don't run to the left and throw to the right. 
you you can't do that. You just can't do that. He throws the pick. Chiefs go down and score. Game is totally different after that. And then you just knew it was going to be a loss. You just knew it. Yeah, the Chiefs hit 258-yard field goals, but that's not the reason the Chargers lost. The Chargers lost because in overtime, fourth and one, you didn't go for it. And I'm not even that guy usually. But he, see, this is the thing. If I'm Anthony Lynn, okay, here's what you have to think about. My defense has been gassed because they've been on the field a good 10 straight minutes or whatever it was that they were on the field and the Chiefs still got two touchdowns out of it. Okay. That's how they came back or two scores out. That's how they got back in the game. There's no way I'm going to allow Mahomes to go right back down the field. You don't play for a tie. You play for a win right there. So I didn't agree with that. Know who you're playing. All right. If it's fourth and one and you're in overtime, seven minutes to go, eight minutes to go, and you're close to plus side of 50, which they were, I think, I don't know, maybe they were on the 40, 45, whatever. You have to take that chance. You have a running quarterback, you know, there's something you can draw up to get a big play out of that. Okay. And it, it'll galvanize your team. Now you look at it and say, well, what if you miss? And then they go down and score. Yeah. But look how they scored. They scored on 58 yard field goal. Your defense was gassed from the quarter before, and you could see it. And then in overtime, Bosa missed five straight plays to prove the defense was gassed. Know your personnel, man. Know who you're playing. Know the scouting report. Know, you know, because when the Chiefs start getting momentum, you're not going to stop them, even if you got a pass rush. So I thought that was – I thought they messed that one up. They they really did. I, 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 I don't usually say anything about coaches in those situations, but I thought they screwed that one up big time. Um. The Bears beat the Giants barely. You know, Trubisky looks a lot better, uh, a little bit inconsistent still, but two drop touchdown passes. You know, A-Rob, you know, he needs to get paid. I've always thought he was a very good receiver that really didn't get the recognition, but, you know, that's not up to me. That's up to Ryan Pace, you know, and I I don't know if he's going to get the best version of A-Rob until he does pay him. So they need that. If they're going to take a step forward this year, even if Trubisky is improved, he needs A-Rob there to continue that improvement. So, you know, they they got some 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 work to do there. Um Rams impressive win over the Eagles obviously. Uh again, this division is going to be up in the air and they're a threat. So, I told you guys, I was like, "Hey, golf is going to golf is going to take a step forward this year." I thought that and so far, so good, you know. So, Give this team credit. You know, they still got a good coach, no matter what anybody thinks, and they're still a good team. So, um, let me do a preview. All right, guys, I think I'm gonna leave it there for now, guys. Um, did a little NBA, NHL, NFL. Um, just want to say I appreciate the support from you guys. You know, I know I haven't been recording as much, but I appreciate you guys, you know, listening when I do record. Like I said, when it gets to be, when I stop being so busy, then I will definitely record more. And just so you guys know, I am looking for someone to do the podcast with if possible. Um, I, I just think it's better uh, than hear me ramble on for 35, 40 minutes. But uh, if anybody's interested on that, in that, you can hit me up on Twitter, uh, at Emendantes251. Um, my profile pic, if, if if there happens to be somebody else with that name, my profile pic is Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam from the Raptors. So um, just hit me up on there. 
you know, DM me, whatever. I, whether you're male or female, I, it doesn't matter. And I, I wouldn't mind having one of each to be honest, cause I think it would really liven up and brighten up the show a little bit. So if you just have a general knowledge of sports, it doesn't even have to be every sport because even NHL, I don't talk about it a lot. Cause I know not a lot of people are big NHL viewers out there, but really just NBA, NFL, you know, if you're a listener and if you're interested in that, you know, we can set something up and we can go from there. But, yeah, I am definitely looking for, you know, a co-host and a partner or, you know, one of each or whatever it is. You know, just like I said, just just hit me. Give me a listen. We'll talk things out, you know, see how it goes. And, you know, because I think it'd be good. You know, I think in the covid era, podcasts are always a good thing because <laughs> people are looking for things to do. And that's one of the things that people like to do now. So like I said, hopefully I can get a place this week and then I can start recording on a more regular basis, um, especially having my own space. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll really, really help that. Um, cause like I said, I'm with my two sisters, so it's not like, you know, and we're staying in a hotel as we have been. It's not like I just have an abundance of space cause we don't right now. So, um, you know, but yeah, just hit me up. Let me know. You know, I, I, I don't know if I want to do once or twice a week yet. I mean, I think I'll probably kind of let things play out and then we'll see about that. You know, when we, when we start talking everything, but like I said, you know, male, female would definitely prefer a female would definitely prefer one of each. Like I said, I think that would be great for the show. Um, you know, just to give us a, a another perspective, a better perspective, um, you know, let people talk about different things and, and, you know, more diversity on the show is always a good thing. I think me and Dustin, we had, uh, a female on our show. It's still the most listened to podcast that we had. And we did probably a good, like 10 to 15 of them. And it's still the one that, that had the most downloads and the most listens. And Chrissy is a sports person. You know, she works for, uh, sports, she actually works for a sports company. I can't even think of the name of it right now. And, um, she does interviews and stuff and it, it just, it livens it up. It really does. It gives it a, a, a flavor a splash and it's a good thing. So yeah, I mean, uh, definitely hit me up on that guys. And with that said, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate you guys. And, uh, I will try to get a recording done probably, probably later this week. If, if everything goes right, <laughs> which it never does. Right. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you.